Hey sweet mama, we are going strong with this series on breastfeeding and pumping as a military mom. And so today we're going to get into one of the things that can bring us a lot of stress and that is how to maintain our supply. And today we're going to specifically go through 10 ways to increase your supply as a pumping mom. And these are all things that I've applied at different points in time on my journey that have really, really helped me to uh, both you just keep going strong in my breastfeeding goals, even when it was really complicated, even when it was really tough. Through tons of field training time, through time apart from my baby, through many military moves, just a lot. <laughs> and I'm sure if your you know, experience has been anything like mine as a mom in the military, which it probably is because many of us go through the same challenges, right? I know, you know you're probably looking for how do I increase my supply or how do I maintain my supply and be confident in that. So today we're going to go through those strategies and tips and some of the things that I've learned through both research and trying to reassure myself that I was doing okay and that it was all going to be okay at the end of the day. So I just want to encourage you first and foremost that it takes time, right? It takes time to establish milk supply. It takes time to gain that trust in your body and to really understand your body enough and also your baby. And consistency is so key, especially with pumping and especially with trying to maintain a supply when we're balancing so many other demands when we're juggling, you know, returning to work, trying to get back to fitness, trying to lose our weight postpartum and get back to the heightened weight standards, right? And so I just want you to also give yourself grace as you're going through this, as you're just pouring yourself out for your baby in this way. Hey sister, welcome to Arm to the Heart. Do you want to make an impact as a military mom and be the best mom and leader you can be at the same time? Are you finding yourself stressed and weighed down by guilt with how much your time, your work steals from your family and often worry that they're getting leftovers of you? Do you feel alone carrying the heavy load of pregnancy, postpartum, of motherhood and uniform? With so many expectations to perform in your job, stay physically fit, and such little support? Hey, I'm Megan, and in my early years as an active duty mom in the army, I was so burnt out, wishing for more time with my baby, the freedom to actually put my family and faith first while still giving my best to the team. And I was giving all I had, but it just never felt like enough. Trying to bounce back quickly, feeling all those pressures to prove myself in a male-dominated unit, trying to manage the home the best of my ability, and keep our marriage strong through so much long distance and dual military life, I just felt like I was falling short in all of it, but especially failing my family. I felt trapped in the army, like I was losing myself in what mattered most along the way and just doubting whether all of those sacrifices were worth it. I finally cried out to God to direct my path and he started showing me that there's a different way to find more balance and more purpose. So in this podcast, you're gonna find time management strategies, holistic health and fitness tips, and mindset transformation so you can find that balance that you long for to be who you're called to be, for both your family and your work without having to compromise what's most important. So lace up those boots and put on the armor of God. Let's run this race up before us as sisters in arms, as sisters in Christ. My very first tip is that I want you to get clear on what your goal is. So is your goal to maintain your supply when you're away from baby, you know, while you're working during the day? Are you going to have time apart that you want to build a stash for? Do you want to build a stash before you return to work from maternity leave? And I want you to get even more clear on the why behind that. So whatever your goal is that you just kind of identified, why does that matter? Why is that important to you? And the reason I want you to be clear on your why is that way you're not expecting more of yourself than is actually needed and not putting extra pressure on yourself. And so I think sometimes we have this idea, maybe we see it on Facebook groups or maybe we hear, hear about it from other moms or we tend to compare ourselves to others and we're like, 
oh my gosh, like I've got to have this gigantic freezer stash if I want to be successful in breastfeeding when returning to work. And that's just simply not true. And so I just want to bust that myth if that's something that you, you know, have, have maybe received some from somebody else, or it's just it's something that you have in your mind of, okay, if I'm, if I'm going to be good enough in this journey or a good enough mom, I've got to have this huge freezer stash. If I want to be successful, if I want to have this buffer when I get back to work, to make this all work, then I've got to have this huge freezer stash ahead of time. But no, that's that's not required to be prepared to return to work. Really, all you got to do is make sure that at a minimum, if you want to exclusively breastfeed, if you want to exclusively pump for your baby, then we just have to make sure that you're giving them enough for that day. That you're giving them enough for the next day. And so, you know, maybe you want to have a couple days worth of a buffer and that would be an amazing amazing achievement so i don't want you to feel like your lesson if you don't have hundreds of ounces and th- thousands of ounces in your freezer as you return to work the reason i say this is i definitely had this idea in my mind the first time around and the second i did it very different i i really pushed myself hard to develop an oversupply the first time in the second time i didn't and it was a very different journey but it's all good and I'm still going strong with my baby who's 16 months old now, my second, and no kind of end in sight other than the fact that I'm going to have to move away for a TDY for a training course for two and a half months, and I'm not yet sure if I'm going to be weaning or if I'm going to be pumping while I'm there just to maintain a little bit of a supply so I can nurse him when he comes back. So I'm going to determine that and discern as I get a little bit closer, but for now, we're still going strong, you know, and and so I just want to encourage you that if you're clear on your goal and you're clear on your why, it's going to then help you to take extra pressure off of yourself and to not feel, again, guilted into maybe placing your worth in things it doesn't need to be placed in or feel like, you know, everything hinges on something that, you know, it doesn't actually hinge upon. Okay, so that's the first thing. The second is that I think many of us end up questioning, okay, am I producing enough milk? And it can be so hard to shake this feeling or this fear of, am I making enough for my baby? Right. And it's very common and normal for us to be experiencing that. And I know I was just constantly anxious about that the first time around, but I want to encourage you that most women are producing enough yet not enough milk is the main quote unquote is the main reason that new parents end their breastfeeding journey. And so I just want to reassure you that you're likely making enough milk for your baby, even if you're doubting that in yourself and most breastfeeding mothers do or you can produce enough milk to breastfeed your baby exclusively. We just may need extra support. We may need some extra tools. We may need to increase your supply a little bit, right? And so even if you are truly dealing with a low supply, you can do things to improve it. And I think sometimes we we can have that worry that ends up being unwarranted and can just cause us to spiral and, and to really impact our mental health in so many ways. All right, so let's go through my top 10 tips for pumping, for how to increase your supply. And again, these are things that have helped me and so many other moms along the way. And I recommend them to you because I think so many times, again, we're, we're like fighting for that supply, especially when we're juggling so many things as military moms and we're already feeling maybe guilty about taking time away from work or we have a super demanding job and we're just trying to carve out that time and space to pump the best that we can given our situation. And so these are really critical if you want to be able to maintain your supply. So number one is power pumping. If you've never heard of this, this is a game changer. So So it basically mimics cluster feeding, but with a pump. And so how to power pump, you're going to pump 20 minutes on 
you're going to rest 10 minutes, then you're going to pump another 10 minutes, rest at 10 minutes, pump 10 minutes. And you can adjust the time frames. You can choose intervals that work better for you if that, that doesn't quite work for your schedule or you want to try different variations of this. But basically, the whole point of it is you're pumping on and off for different intervals for maybe about 45 minutes to an hour. But the amount of time doesn't have to be exact. Basically, what you want to, want to happen is you want to get through your first letdown before you switch to resting. So you want to pump through that letdown because you're going to get the most milk, right? Um, the highest flow rate. And then you're going to switch to resting. And what you're going to notice also is that sometimes there's another letdown that happens again later in the pumping session if you actually draw your first one out longer. So I notice this is like when I'm in a rush and I try to pump really quickly and I only maybe give myself 15 minutes to pump, um, I miss that second letdown, which may happen closer to 17, 18 minutes or even 20 minutes. And if I kind of ride it out and I change the settings where I'm changing the pace of the pull and the suck of the pump and I kind of vary that up once I go through that first full letdown and then I come back into a different kind of pattern sometimes you can play around with it and see what your body responds to best but basically you want to be able to maximize your letdowns and so you will have another letdown oftentimes if you ride that out and if you apply this power pumping process where okay if your body's not doing a second letdown give it a little bit time to rest a few minutes and then resume again so the goal is to just get more milk by facilitating another letdown. And if you do this about four days in a row and evaluate how it's going, that's a great way to do it. And so how often should you do this? Once a day is awesome. So if you replace one regular pumping session with a power pumping session, it's going to give you a supply boost. So I don't want you to get burnt out and miserable by doing this every single pumping session all the time. And you are absolutely worth more to your baby and just more in general than a few extra ounces of milk. So I want you to remember that your mental health matters how good of a mom you are is not dependent on your milk supply and your output. All right, so another thing for this very simple tip is just make sure you have a hands-free bra for pumping. It's It really is a game changer. It just frees you up. You can eat. You can do something else while you're sitting there, and you don't have to be as stuck uh, to the pump. So that's the first one. Power pumping is just a really good tool for a supply boost. And I recommend for that, do it at a time that works best for you. So let's just say, you know, you're pumping during your workday while you're away from baby and your longest time period that you have as of a break is your lunchtime. And that's one of the times you would usually pump. So maybe that's the time that you do a power pumping session, or maybe it's in the evening after your baby goes down to bed that you want to, you have a pumping session already built in and you turn that into your power pumping session, or maybe it's first thing in the morning, depending on what your schedule looks like. So just do what works best for you, because if this is a longer pumping uh, session, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna need that extra time. All right. Number two is you could add another session in, or you could increase the frequency of pumping. So that's the second, you know, tip to increase your supply is either pump more often, right? Or add in an extra session. So this is especially something you could do on a weekend. Let's just say, you know, if it's not as feasible given your work schedule. Number three, is to pump before or after nursing. So for example, you could do this in the morning before your baby wakes up or shortly after nursing. And so empty breasts is what triggers more milk production. So it is important to empty your breasts as efficiently and thoroughly as possible. So the more often they're emptied, the more cues you're sending your body to make milk because it's all about supply and demand. So the more demand you're signaling to your body, the more your body is going to increase the supply. So whether it's nursing or pumping or a combination of the two, as long as you're continuing to empty your breasts, you are signaling to your body to make more milk and your body will respond over time. So you may notice that in a day, you may notice it in a week, but it does usually take some level of consistency and uh, repeating that process to really see kind of those, those notable changes, especially when you're pumping. 
Number four is to another way to increase your supply is to check your pump and replace the parts or get resized. So I cannot emphasize enough the importance of your pumping in good, good condition and working right for you. The size of your shield matters. The speed of suction matters, keeping it clean, replacing your pump parts every, like, it's supposed to be, like, every month or so. I did not always see that. Um, I didn't even know that until, like, way later in the game. Um, getting really familiar with your pump, like, letting your body adjust to it, and also even trying a couple different pumps. So maybe, let's just say, I know that can get expensive because usually we have one that's authorized by insurance, but maybe you want to invest in a mobile pump, for example, and a hand pump. Maybe for emergencies, I always recommend that, but um, maybe you want a mobile pump like the Willow or, like, the LV or something that's hands-free that you can be more mobile around your house or continue working through it and stuff like that and so your body is probably going to respond better and more effectively in its output to a pump that you are actually sitting there stuck with unfortunately versus those more mobile pumps usually you, you tend to see that the output is actually greater with those pumps that are not the mobile pumps but at the same time it can be worth it so you just got to give your body time to adjust and know that you know you're kind of weighing the the cost and benefit of that decision all right Number five is to reduce the, the stress as much as you can when you are pumping and just in general. So just the way our physiology works and our, our body's psychology, even it all plays in together. And so the, as much as you can create a relaxing, comfortable environment for yourself when pumping, try not to, you know, squeeze in work while you're pumping if possible. Try not to respond to emails or take calls, especially if that's something that kind of gets your adrenaline going or feels stressful to you. Take the mental break. Um, and then the other thing is try not to focus on how much milk you're actually producing while you are pumping. Uh, a hack that you can apply here is like putting a sock or something over your, your pump and your uh, bottles that you're pumping into or, or your bags that you're pumping into, whatever it is, to cover it up. Because not looking at it and fixating on it is actually going to help you to produce more. Because when we're really thinking about it, when we're stressing about it, it signals to our body to produce the opposite hormones than what we want, which is oxytocin. Oxytocin is a feel-good hormone. It's what helps our letdown. It facilitates letdown. It helps us bond with our baby and so many other things. It helps us heal our body postpartum. And so when we can think about our baby, when we can build that confidence and trust in our body, when we can relax or do something that's relaxing, you know, maybe it's prayer time. Maybe it's listening to music that you love. Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's just eating your lunch or snack. Like, even even looking at photos or, or videos of your baby, which oftentimes we're probably doing anyways because we're missing them during the day, right? Those are all things that actually facilitate milk production, believe it or not. Our body just becomes so in tune with our environment and stimulus and cues, and so many of those cues come from our baby and their hunger cues. And so, you know, you, you may laugh and maybe you've experienced this, but maybe you've heard either another baby, it doesn't even have to be yours, a baby cry, and that can sometimes trigger a letdown, right? in a store or something like that. I know that's definitely happened to me. And it, again, it's kind of funny to say out loud, but it's true. And so our bodies are amazing. It's quite a miracle. And the more you can support that natural process and reduce the extra stress, the better. Uh, the other thing too, in reducing stress and trusting your body is not to compare yourself to others. I, I mentioned this briefly in the beginning of, you know, you don't have to have this huge freezer stash and all these things. And so, you know, once breastfeeding is well established, you, you won't make much more milk than your baby actually needs. And unless you're intentionally facilitating an oversupply and you're pumping extra in addition to what they need, or you're, you know, let's just say on the weekends, you're, you're mostly nursing because you don't really need to pump for them, then 
unless you're pumping in addition to the nursing, your body will be producing what your baby needs because it's responding to exactly what your baby's demanding. Does that make sense? So pumping in addition to a normal day of nursing won't usually produce a lot of extra milk unless you're doing that very consistently. And that's normal. That's common. It's not something to be afraid of. It's not something to be worried about. It doesn't mean that you don't, you're not producing enough or that you're you know, not going to be successful. So yeah, I just want to encourage you in that and all the ways, all the ways that you can reduce stress and just gain that trust in your body and build it over time, the better. All right. Number six, the sixth way to increase your supply is to hydrate more. And you probably know, I mean, you probably hear all the hacks and tricks of body armor and Gatorade and whatever else, lactation supplements and all kinds of things. And the main thing is just drink a lot of water. Seriously, sometimes body armor can help, but I mean, the the biggest thing is just being hydrated. And so if you're dehydrated, that it will impact your milk supply. And oftentimes I know when we're super busy, we forget to drink water. I know it's like, I'm such a, so bad about this, especially when I'm at work. Sometimes I literally will go most of the day and I'm like, oh my goodness, I barely drink anything from my water, you know, on those really busy days. And so then I have to like make up for it the rest of the day. But, um, but hydrating and drinking at least 100 ounces of water a day will really help you maintain your milk supply. And that the same next thing is focusing on nutrition. So the last thing I'll say with hydration is that you may hear women recommend like mother's, what do they call it? Mother's tea or, or something with fenugreek in it. I want you to be very cautious about this because for about half or over half of women, fenugreek actually decreases milk supply. So it has the opposite effect of what's desired. And then for some women it increases. And so I would just stay away from that to be very honest, if you're trying to establish your milk supply or if you're trying to increase your milk supply, because for a lot of women it doesn't work and it actually can sabotage your, um, your breastfeeding journey. So number seven is focus on nutrition. So healthy diet, just consume enough calories. And the reality is that we need an extra 350 to four to 500 calories per day. And when we're breastfeeding, and so we've got to stay properly nourished. We've got to stay hydrated and the type of calories that you add are important. So it's not just like, okay, I can eat 500 calories extra of desserts. And so I just, I just want to encourage you in that there's nothing wrong with desserts. I love desserts, but just staying properly nourished with, you know, the, the type of calories that are full of vitamins and minerals and other essential nutrients, the things that are going to really help you to facilitate a milk supply. There's so many good ones out there. Oats, um, brewer's yeast are two big ones. Um, there are certain fruits and vegetables that are, are known to really help support your milk supply. And so you can look those up and eat more of those more often, but really it's just a well-rounded nutrient dense diet that's full of lots of colors on your plate lots of fruits and vegetables lots of lean protein nuts are great to support milk supply so all those things are awesome and eat more of those things and you're going to experience the energy benefits and also the milk supply benefits of that and especially when you're just pouring yourself out and your body's working so hard i know you can feel exhausted and you're probably very sleep deprived right at this stage and so you know when you're focusing on nutrition and hydration it's going to enable you to sustain that level of just pouring yourself out for your baby physically. All right. Number eight, the eighth way to increase supply is skin to skin. So I want to encourage you to, to be less focused on a schedule and is kind of, um, the clock and more on baby's cues. So feed more on demand and less on a schedule and you will see the impacts to your milk supply and you'll be able to, again, your, your supply will adjust to the demand. Clocks cannot tell you baby is hungry. I'm sorry, all those checklists that we, we tend to, you know, do postpartum to make sure, okay, I'm tracking every single time my baby eats and on what side and for how long and, you know, how many dirty and 
wet diapers and all those things, it's important to track early on, especially because, you know, we're usually reporting it back to the pediatrician and making sure everything's good and on track, but do not bog yourself down with doing that once you feel like, okay, I'm, I'm kind of getting into a groove because honestly, I've seen it can, it can cause even more stress and anxiety than is necessary. And I really want you to instead focus on baby's cues. And so what are the baby's cues that they're hungry? The first few days especially are important to watch and learn this. And the signs that your baby are going to give you to let you know they're hungry are actually before they become really distressed or too hungry. So crying is actually a late feeding cue. It means that we've missed earlier cues. And sometimes it happens, you know, sometimes we're maybe distracted. We're trying to get stuff done or whatever it is. We're balancing other kids' demands and all those kinds of things. Um, Or maybe we're out and about or something and we kind of miss some of those cues or we just can't nurse them right away. But it is easier to nurse when they're less hungry because they're not going to be quite as upset. And when they are later on and, and they're kind of past the point of those early cues, they become more desperate and frustrated and it's harder to get them to calm down. It's harder to get them to latch well. And so the cues that we want to look for early on are much more subtle. So eyelids fluttering, mouth movements, restlessness, hands moving towards the mouth or putting things, if they can hold things, putting things towards their mouth, increased alertness, especially when they're, you know, really, really young. The less subtle cues that are a little bit more stronger requests are increased physical activity, turning their head from the side when their cheeks are touched, uh, whimpering, squeaking, and then the obvious demands, of course, are going to be, you know, they're starting to cry, they're breathing faster, their mouth, their body is tense. And oftentimes when we schedule, when we feel like, okay, I've got to conform to this really strict schedule, it can actually lead to decreased milk production and postponing nursing because we feel that pressure to follow the schedule. And so what it may cause is we may experience engorgement. We may not feed as you know, off, as often as baby actually needs and wants to nurse. And it's telling our body to stop producing milk during those times. So it will decrease our supply in that sense. And it then may lead to inadvertently, un, unintentionally lead to supplementation, then weaning. And I'm not saying supplementing is inherently bad. It absolutely is not. But if we're replacing nursing or pumping, again, we're telling our body we do not need to produce as much milk during those times. And it may be more of a spiral of decreasing our supply even more. So depending on your goals, it may or may not be beneficial. So I just want to give you that that encouragement to really focus less on, you know, exact timelines, exact schedules, and more just get to know your baby, follow your instincts, follow your baby. They're going to lead you exactly into the relationship and they're, you know, it's, it's this dynamic duo, right? Like you're a dyad and it's, you know, it, it's not, yeah, we can read all the books, we can read all the blogs, we can get all the tips, but you know your baby best and your baby right in front of you is telling you exactly what they need. So just trust yourself to, you know, be able to learn that over time, to grow more confident in that. And then it's going to feel seamless. It's going to flow and it'll feel natural. And it'll just be this beautiful dynamic relationship that just grows and evolves over time. All right. Number nine is breast massage. So this can also help you relieve discomfort if you are getting engorged or experiencing clogged ducts and I've experienced that so many times and it's not fun um but it can also support a faster letdown it can improve milk flow to empty your breasts more quickly it can increase believe it or not the fat content of your milk so your baby feels fuller and more satisfied but it can definitely help while you're pumping and so um that's something to just yeah it's a useful tip um Another one, number 10, the last one here is to seek help. So I think I've reinforced this throughout, but really don't ever hesitate to reach out to a lactation consultant. Do not hesitate to build a community. I encourage you build a supportive community when you're breastfeeding of both professionals and also other moms who are going through it and who have gone through it before you because 
everything from, you know, checking your pump, making sure it's fitting right, helping you with positions and holds that work better for you and your baby, evaluating your baby for their latch, tongue, lip ties, etc. Helping reassure you that, yes, you're doing well. You know, even when it's hard, you've got this, you've got this. And, and just honor you in that journey and, you know, reinforce that you should be really proud of yourself in it no matter what and no matter what the outcomes are and no matter how long you stick with it. And, and then I also encourage you when it comes to asking for help, ask for what you need from your partner, ask for what you need from your spouse, because, I mean, our husbands sometimes, it's like, you know, sometimes they feel useless. Sometimes I'm like, oh, are you so useless, Tim? I'm like, I wish I could hand hand my baby off and you could feed him, but you can't. And it's just the reality of it. It's a lot on us. And, and sometimes it can feel really isolating. It can feel like we're just carrying this really disproportionate load between pumping and also all the other things, the invisible load of motherhood, right? And trying to be the glue that holds our family together in so many ways. And so just ask for what you need, like be very upfront with it from everything from help around the house to help with your baby so you can be taken care of too you know everything as simple as I really need some time to take a shower and know that my baby is safe and you know and in good hands um to you know please please you be responsible I need you to be responsible for doing the dishes every night and while I while I put this baby down to bed because they really want to cluster feed and nurse all night long before they go to sleep and I just do not have any more capacity right now so it would it would really help decrease my load if that was something that you really took on in the season you know just have those conversations I mean I know it's really hard when we're stationed apart right now my husband and I are stationed apart for eight months and we've been apart for over half of our almost five years in our marriage it's wild military life is so crazy and I know many of you are in the same boat and so when you're nursing and you're pumping and you're also managing the family and the home and the kids and all those all you know full-time work and all the things trying to get back to fitness I mean it's it's a lot and you deserve support you deserve help and you are not any lesson as a mother for asking for help or for feeling like you can't do it all on your own because we're never meant to do it all on our own we do not have this sort of infrastructure of the village that was was meant to be surrounding motherhood in our society today but it doesn't mean that you can't take that initiative to build it on your own and everything from virtual you know support system to in-person community of people around you that you can trust and that you can lean on when it's hard and call in the moment even when you need it but you deserve to be taken care of too so you're pouring yourself out for them and we cannot give what we do not have and we cannot give you know sustainably from an empty cup so Again, no, no shame in asking for help in any way. You are not a failure. And I would say, you know, that's what's going to enable you to be successful and to meet whatever your goals are um, and be able to overcome whatever challenges end up coming. So no matter what, I'm here to support you. No matter what, I want you to feel loved, to feel lifted up, to feel supported in this and also supported in whatever choices that you make. So, you know, we've been talking a lot about how to make this work and how to do this successfully, how to do both well and all those things. But I know that not everybody's journey goes as they hoped. And that's unfortunately the reality for so many military moms, especially and working moms who, you know, feel forced to end their journey before they're ready or before their baby's ready or just not on their own terms. And so if that has been your story or if that's part of your story in any way, I just want you to know that I see you and I honor you too. And that, you know, you are an amazing mother. You're exactly who your baby needs. You are doing an amazing job no matter what. So no matter what society tells you, do not let anybody guilt you into feeling like, you know, you're, you're less than as a mother, mother because of your journey. So I just want you to know it's, it's dignified, it's unique. And you are exactly, exactly who your baby needs. And you are exactly the mom that God made for this little one. You're exactly the mom that God made for your family. And he's giving you all the grace and everything that you need to be who he calls you to be. All right. So 
those are my final words of encouragement for you. I pray that this was helpful for you. I know, again, these are things that I've really applied along the way that have helped me a lot and that I, I just, I see mothers asking day in, day out, you know, so many Facebook groups asking for, asking all these questions and asking for advice and tips on how to increase your milk supply and how to balance it with your, you know, fitness goals and your weight loss goals and how to manage it when returning to work and all these things. So I hope that this series has been you know, helpful for you, fruitful for you. And I also hope that you've been sharing it and getting the word out for other moms who need it, because I know it can feel really lonely. It can feel really lonely doing this and having to feel like you have to figure it all out on your own and sometimes learn these things the hard way and, you know, fall into a lot of self-doubt, fall into a lot of extra stress and anxiety that, you know, we were never meant to carry. And so, you know, that's what I want. I want to help lighten your load in this. And I pray that if I can share some of the things that I've learned the hard way and make your journey slightly easier than I'm doing exactly what God wants me to do. Okay. So I'm praying for you. I'm lifting you up and I'm here for you. If I can help support you in any way, look forward to connecting with you again in the next one.